This is Meditations for Misfits, and I'm Fred Gruy. Welcome. In this week's podcast, we take a look at the story Jesus tells in the Gospel of St. Luke, chapter 11, referred to as the parable of the friend at midnight. And in this story, possibly Jesus gives us some crucial information on how to better connect with this divine being that we call God. So our text for this morning uh, is from the 11th chapter of St. Luke. And uh, we'll look at it yet another parable. And this is the parable of the friend at midnight. But that parable is embedded in some text before and after that's significant. So, so Luke chapter 11. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, creator, parent, mother, father, make your name holy. Your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who sins against us, and lead us not into the great test. Then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And the one inside answers, oh, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him the bread because of his, he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone, everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And she who knocks, the door will be opened. Which one of you parents... If your son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake instead. Or if your daughter asks for an egg, we'll give her a scorpion. If you then, you who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more were your creator parent, the source of all that is in heaven, give the Holy Spirit to those that ask. So that is the reading of the word for this morning. And uh, several things I I would like to just bring forward for our consideration. Uh, This text starts with famously what is called the Lord's Prayer. This is a shorter version than Matthew's. We generally pray Matthew's at church on Sundays. This is a... uh, and, and theologians have argued, well, did Luke shorten Matthew's prayer? Or, but I think Jesus 
being a, a good itinerant preacher, gave the same stump speeches over and over again and surveyed the crowd and made it, the words fit uh, for the crowd he was with. So this is a shorter version. But what I, I love about this is that the disciples' request is Jesus teach us how to pray. It's not Jesus teach us a prayer. It's teach us how to pray. It, it, don't give us a prayer. Teach us how. I, 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 in my own imagination, I imagine what it might have been like to watch Jesus in prayer, in connection with the Creator. To be able to see that, to watch as he did, whatever it was he did. And so I imagine the disciples come, teach us how to do that. <laughs> we've, we've seen people pray, but we want to learn how to do that. Whatever it is that that you do, how do you do that? We want that, that connection, which, as I read the Gospels, was uh, absolutely vital to who Jesus was and what he was about, that connection to the divine being we call God. And, you know, every Sunday we say we're gathered here for connection, not for perfection. And, and really, I think what people look for is connection with the divine and with each other. And so the disciples say, teach us how to connect the way you connect. And then we've turned this into a prayer where I think it is more a model or uh, suggestions on things to do. To begin with, to, to just quiet and think of the Creator as our parent, our source of all life. And to just pause in that for a moment. And then make your name holy. We, we take you for granted. We, we don't realize how awesome you are. Shake us up. <laughs> Do something. And let your realm come. Let the realm of the whole... Let us live here the way you dream us to live and treat each other. And so for me, it's a, a menu or a model of things to pray for. Forgive us. Give us what we need today. Give us the bread that we need. And forgive us, because we, we hurt each other. We just do. We hurt each other's feelings. And help us get past that. And, and spare us from the great testing. So that's the model of prayer that is given. And then that's followed by the parable, where Jesus says, now imagine a friend, you know, comes to your house and you've got nothing to offer, and so you go to your neighbor trying to get something to share. What's difficult for us in this parable is that we don't have the same value on being hospitable that this time and place did. And for the folks that Jesus would have been talking with, to not be able to offer hospitality would be a source of incredible shame and embarrassment. That's hard for us to get our heads around because we don't carry that same sort of value system. But what's really going on in this parable is that the man who had the friends show up is being shamed. I have nothing to give. And in fact, the, in, you know, I read to you from the New International Version this morning where it says, because of the man's boldness is the way 
this says, but that's really a bad translation. In the Greek, what, what moves the one that's asleep, the God figure, if you will, in this passage, the, to help and give bread to the neighbor that's come and asked, is it literally in the Greek, the neighbor's shamelessness. And, and some people put in uh, perseverance or boldness and imp or importunity. Those are words that are not there, but that we try to make sense of. So what's rendered is that, so we read this parable in English, think, well, if I just nag God enough, I'll get what I want. And nagging is not what this is about. What moves the divine source in this parable is our vulnerability. If you don't help me here, God, I'm going to be shamed. I'm going to be embarrassed. And so that's what moves the neighbor to give what's needed. And David shared before he sang the beautiful song he wrote. The, the theme, as Carrie and Linda have told me for this weekend, is connection. And one of the things I've come to learn about how we connect as human beings is through our vulnerability. I learned this by reading a fabulous 12-step book called The Spirituality of Imperfection, which is a collection of just stories from different faith traditions around the world. But the incredible insight is that we connect deeply as human beings with the people we become vulnerable with. So the, the point of the book is if, you know, we sit down and have coffee and we share our CVs and all the things we've been successful at. I ran this corporation, I did this, I raised this money, I spoke here. We'll learn information about each other, but we really won't connect. But if you find someone that you trust enough that you can sit down and you go, I am terrified that I am not being a good dad right now. And my son needs me and I don't know what to do to give him. If you can find someone that you're willing to be that vulnerable with where we drop our masks and our pretenses and all the images that we try to pretend, that's the opportunity, the fertile soil for deep connection. And it has to be reciprocal because if, if I just bear my heart to you and you don't bear it, that's not a connection. That's sort of pity. But so it's reciprocated. That's where connection happens. And one of the great experiences in my life where I learned this was at our church. It was a, a, a good number of years ago. Mark Iaconelli, who some of you know, was doing a workshop at our church. And it was a, a group about this size, and we were sitting in the fellowship hall. And he said, here's what we're going to do today. We can talk about this, that, and the other. I want everyone, we're going to go around the circle, and I want everyone to share a real need or a problem they're facing right now. And then someone's going to respond to help them out. <clears throat> well, that was terrifying. <laughs> because uh, many of us, it's so much more comfortable to give or to help out. Glad to do that, you know, yeah, I can do that. But to say, I need, I can't do this. And so it was a, really a scary moment. And 
in all honesty, people did respond with what I would say were superficial needs, not real, real needs, but something that met the requir- ticked the box, but wasn't really too, too, too needy. And I can remember, even in that silly exercise. So I, one of the things I was struggling with, I had a drain at our house that was clogged and I couldn't get it unclogged. I tried Drano or whatever. And I couldn't get it unclogged and I know nothing about fixing anything. And so I said, my need is simply, I got a clogged bathroom drain. I can't get unclogged. And Michael Neiman was there, who I knew somewhat. And he said, oh, I can fix stuff. I'll come help you do that. So he came over and we fixed it. And so we started to get, and I said, while we were messing with that, I said, my real need <clears throat> is I need some really superficial, meaningless male relationships. Because in my work as a hospice chaplain, every conversation I have is deep and profound and emotionally laden. And I have a desperate need to be able to just blow off and talk stupid stuff with somebody that it doesn't matter and it's meaningless and stupid. And he looked at me and goes, I can do meaningless and stupid. (laughs) And so he and I started getting together every couple of weeks for a beer just to talk about stupid, meaningless stuff. And over the time, we have become, he's one of my closest friends. And I had a beer with him last Friday. And, but all that came about because I was risked enough to say, I need. And that's where we connect. And so to bring this to our church, there are going to be people that come to our sanctuary that are afraid of being shamed, like the, the man in the parable. They're embarrassed. They're frightened. They don't fit in. And they're looking for someone to help. And I suggest what moved the God figure in the parable should move us. We don't want them to be shamed. So how can we be a resource to help so that people don't feel shamed and embarrassed in our world? How can we help to alleviate that? Because that's where connection happens. If you can help, if we can help alleviate someone's shame and embarrassment, we can connect. And I think, in light of the parable that Jesus told, act like the God figure in the parable. So as I think of our sanctuary and what we're trying to build and the people we're trying to be, and when we say... We gather for connection, not just perfection. It's going to take us risking being vulnerable enough (coughs) to show what frightens us, to show what scares us, to show where we don't feel like we fit. And to find folk, you can't do this with everybody. You can't do this with a thousand people or a hundred people or even twenty people. But you can find two or three that you share that with and and find safety and nurture so that we can risk that with others and and become a living sanctuary for people that are afraid and lost. And that's my hope for our community. 
that we learn how to do that. And it will start with us treating each other this way. Jesus goes on after the parable and, and says, you know, if you who are evil know how to give good things to your children, how much more does our creator know how to do that? And will give the Holy Spirit to everyone who asks, which is an interesting. So it's not like asking for money or food or fame or make my song a hit song or make people download all my podcasts. The, the response Jesus gives is if you ask, if you seek, if you knock, the source of all that is will give us the Holy Spirit. And as I've thought about that this week, for me, the Holy Spirit is the agency, the activating force of our connecting. The, the Holy Spirit is that something that actually helps us connect to each other and to the divine. It's the active energy that makes that possible. And so that's what I hope we seek and ask for, is that active energy in our community to help us connect with each other and with the divine. So those are the thoughts I've had uh, with this text. And it's my prayer that the Holy Spirit would invade the life of our community, and I think has been present among us, and pray will continue to be so, so that we can willfully accept the folks that come. I, I think of dear Sergei and Anya and Timo and Yurik. I am so thrilled that we as a community have the space for the Tatarenkos to find safety in what we have. That's the kind of thing that we want to do. Because there are many emotional refugees in our community looking for a safe place to heal and be nurtured. And that we would become that safe place is certainly uh, my hope for us as a community. For a final blessing, I'll share with you that the sixth of the Beatitudes... <clears throat> that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Uh, Blessed, flourishing, alive are you who are the pure in heart, for you will see God. And as I understand purity of heart, it means when we drop all of our masks all of our pretending, when we become open and vulnerable. <clears throat> the promise of Jesus is then we will connect and see God.